This is an ABC podcast. G'day there, my name's Matt Brand. Let's talk about some big news for agriculture in Northern Australia. Here at the Country Hour, we can tell you that AAM Investment Group, which owns the Lejeune Cattle Station in the Northern Territory and a variety of other ag assets around this nation, well, it's been chosen to develop the third stage of the Ord Irrigation Scheme. So 50 years after Lake Argyle was built, the Ord Scheme is now set to expand beyond the border and into the Northern Territory. AAM now in charge of developing a parcel of land that is 67,000 hectares in size. I had a chat to Managing Director Gary Edwards to find out what the company plans to do. Well, we've got some work to do, Matt. Uh, we've got a lot of uh, engagement to do with local stakeholders and, and we've certainly got some work to do in, in trying to uh, pursue some approvals there. But I guess the first job, uh, we've still got some work to do with the uh, the Land Corporation to finalise the uh, ultimate arrangements uh, that are in place. Uh, obviously, they've accepted our proposal and, and what that means and Hopefully that means a, a significant development in the Kununurra region. Can you tell us a little bit more about your proposal and plans for that country? Well, the, the plans we've got there are not too dissimilar for the plans that we've got at Lejeune. Uh, obviously, Lejeune, we own and operate at this point in time, uh, and the Key Plains project directly adjoins that. But our, our fundamental aim is to initially convert, uh, and based on getting approvals in place, uh, portions of the land for dry land irrigation and then over time uh, depending on where water availability comes from transition those areas into uh, irrigation production. Yeah. And you said dry land irrigation but I, I assume you mean dry land cropping. Sorry dry, dry yeah. land production we, we yeah. will we'll run it as a dry land enterprise but we will construct it uh, with most of the irrigation uh, future requirements for irrigation in place so the channels and things like that we'll build as we go. So if initially the idea is dry land cropping does that mean you've got your eye on cotton? Oh, we've got our eye on a, a range of things Matt I mean it does include cotton obviously but there's a range of crops that we're looking to grow partially to produce our uh, to, to supplement or complement our beef cattle operations in that area uh, so, so forage we can feed the livestock uh, but also a range of uh, crops that does include cotton uh, over a period of time. In terms of the longer-term irrigation plans, would that mean drawing water from the order irrigation scheme? Well, I guess there's multiple ways that water can be delivered to that site. Um, the conventional thinking is absolutely by bringing it from the Ord scheme, uh, ideally as part of the future expansion uh, of those channels and systems there. But there's also opportunity for capture on you know, the actual land itself uh, and, and potentially drawing water you know, from the Keep River and other, other areas that flow through it. And if Project Sea Dragon ever reaches its full potential, that large prawn farm on Lejeune, how does that potentially fit into what you're doing out there? Well, you know, it's probably not if, but when Project Sea Dragon gets to the, the point of, uh, or the scale that requires local fodder production uh, for, you know, the, the prawn feed and what have you, there's a lot of complementary aspects in being able to grow 
know, the nutritional requirements, whether it be for prawn or whether it be for beef cattle or some other form locally in the area. Uh, it certainly reduces the, the cost and improves the viability for all aspects of those type of projects. How much does it cost to get the rains of Ord Stage 3? Well, to some extent, that's uh, a little bit unknown at the moment. We've had to make estimates in regards to the development costs and yeah, the land conversion part. That That's uh, reasonably easy to pre uh, predict because you're just moving so many cubic metres of soil. The, the issue is where and when and how water is delivered to the site and over what period of time. Because that infrastructure is certainly the largest cost when you've got something you know, like where the Keep Plains project is located, that it's not directly attached to the channel system at the moment. Um, so that, that is something that I guess we've had to make some estimates on. Mm. But hopefully, uh, or our intention is to have that firmed up over the next uh, 18 months or so. Uh, we, we've obviously made budget assessments as far as that's concerned because there are some, some options around it. But the founding principle of what we're doing is, uh, through the dry land production initially, is to make the project viable, essentially off wet season rains, and then uh, then stage the production as and when water's available. But even just to get to this point, as preferred developer, have you had to come to the table with dollars? Oh, look! At the end of the day, this is a this project is a a multi uh, tens of million dollar investment, uh, depending on how the final thing works out. It is it's a serious. Uh, so a portion of land and you know when you're developing these these land areas you don't get much for five or six thousand dollars a hectare these days it often costs a lot more than that so it's a it's a pretty big undertaking when your company first took on lejeune cattle station was this always the dream or is this something that's just popped up for you an opportunity but we we had a focus on investing in northern australia yeah it wasn't necessarily uh, the Keep Plains, but we, we certainly had an allocation and continue to have an allocation in investing in Northern Australia as a whole. Now that incorporates most aspects of the Northern Territory and, and Northern WA. Obviously when, uh, when we secured the Lejeune transaction, it was obvious to us that we should look to try and build out uh, the land areas that we're investing in in that particular region to take advantage of you know, our management, our staff, our resources in that area. Uh, but, you know, we still have a desire to continue that on a broader Northern Australian Territory scale. So I know there's a lot of work to be done, but if all does go to plan, when would you be hoping to start a bit of construction and clear in a few paddocks? Any answer I give you now will be completely inaccurate, mate, because I would be absolutely guessing. There's so many things and aspects around this project in regards to engagement that will determine what that means. In the perfect world, it'd be you know, three to five years' time. If it happens sooner than that, that's fantastic. But we're, we're very patient in what we do, uh, and we want to work with the local stakeholders to make sure we get the right project here. So we're not rushing out and, and won't be putting you know, guaranteed timelines that this is when it's going to happen. We want it to happen as soon as possible because we've got the money to invest. So if people work with us and, and the community in the region want to see this happen, which would be a monumental uh, investment for the area, and particularly given the fact that there's been a lot of debate as to whether Ord 3 would ever be viable in any capacity, well, I guess it's now on the table and it's now happening. Hey, thanks for your time on the Country Hour. I really appreciate it. Thanks, mate. 
That's Gary Edwards, the Managing Director of AAM Investment Group. That company has been announced as the preferred developer of the Keep Plains Agricultural Development out on the WANT border. That land, historically referred to as Ord Stage 3, it's 67,000 hectares in size, and it's happening. Paul Burke is the Chief Executive of the NT Farmers Association. Now, Paul, if we could just take a little step back for a moment, the expression of interest process for this land, it was opened in the middle of 2020. In the end, how much interest did this project attract? So there was significant interest through the EOI process. Um, The EOI process um, fielded a a lot of application. Um, From those initial applications, there were three shortlisted um, and taken through a fairly extensive process um, under NT Landcorp. Um, NT Farmers weren't involved in the assessment of those. It was an independent panel. Um, that looked at um, the economic opportunity, the the chance of success, um, the capacity to be able to deliver the project. So it was a very um, robust process and um, certainly it's pleasing that it's come to a conclusion. So of those three, why was AAM Investment Group the preferred option? Um, I think... For several reasons, their, their capacity to do the project, um, they're, they're already in the area um, and their project was well thought out, you know, starting with dry land and integrating into um, irrigated um, production as the development progresses. So I think it was really well thought out. Was it always a given that the entire parcel of land there would be given to the one company? I uh, know there, there was opportunity for um, consortia, um, but the, the, the strongest bid is obviously the winning bid. So, um, you know, th- there was no preconceived ideas of what that would look like at the beginning. There was just a, a very detailed EOI process. But I think there's further opportunity in that region. and um, NT Landcorp have got um, parcels of land further north um, of this particular block. So... For us, let's look at how we get some of that into production um, and get some more people into the area. And that will also assist with the business case to bring the water back from WA. Um, And I think that's a really important opportunity. And so how much work still needs to be done before a a bulldozer can go onto that site? Well, there'll be extensive uh, approvals uh, required. Um, There'll need to be um, a lot of work done with traditional owners in the area. Um, there's obviously the, the environmental approval, so water, um, land clearing, um, um, potentially an illua or non-pastoral use permit. So um, I, I think there's significant work, but I think that creates opportunity for the Northern Territory Government. So Northern Ger- Territory Government have been working quite hard to try and st- streamline environmental processes. And I think this project, would be a really good one for the government to work closely with the developer to ensure those approvals um, are done in a timely manner so we can hook in and, and, and start to develop that country in a sustainable way. Why not get all of those approvals done before putting the land to market? Um, historically, uh, government haven't been particularly good at um, resolving these issues. So the discussions we had early was that, that developers... Um, are more used to going through an approval process 
um, and may be able to do it in a more timely manner. What's your hopes for that country, that 67,000 hectares? Um, my hope would be that there's some form of development there in the next three to four years um, and reaching full production um, over the, the, the next decade um, and creating jobs and creating opportunity uh, for, for people in that region. On its Facebook page, the Environment Centre NT says this is outrageous. Huge tracts of our precious intact savannah, valued on a global scale, is set to be bulldozed for a massive delusional cotton development. What would be your response to that assessment? So the, the proposal um, doesn't focus solely on cotton. Cotton is part of an integrated production system um, under that development. I think if, if you look at the 67,000 hectares of that, there's probably 15 to 20,000 hectares that will be fully developed. Um, and, and then if you look at that on a broader scale across that region, it, it is a very tiny portion um, of, of that particular land type. So, you know, I, I think there's opportunity for, for sustainable development and protection of the environment. I think they're, they're really important values we should be working to. There were other parcels of land up for offer in 2020. It wasn't just the Keep Plains. There was 26,000 hectares at Wildman, 5,700 hectares at Larimer. What happened to them? So, so Larimer's still working through the process. Obviously, it became quite complicated. Um, NT Land Corp had applied for a water licence and been granted a water licence. Uh, that decision was appealed and um, the water licence um, was revoked. So this is uh, Larimer. Now you're talking about this is Larimer. Yes, that's right. So um, at the moment, a group of people are working through a process to to reapply for that water. Um, and once the water's in place, um, I think we'll see Larimer move quite quickly. And, and then Wildman, um, there are a group of people um, working together. So uh, Wildman potentially may. Uh, look a lot more like a uh, a precinct development um, and currently working with all of those parties to try and make that a reality. Thanks for your time today. Thanks, Matt. Paul Burke is the Chief Executive of the NT Farmers Association. If you're tuning in, this is the Country Hour. We are talking about Ord Stage 3. The company, AAM Investment Group, has been announced as the preferred developer of this land out near the WANT border. Let's now hear from Fritz Bolton, who is a farmer in the existing water irrigation scheme near Kununurra. He says the region's been waiting a long time to see the Ord expand across the border and into the Northern Territory. He says there's no doubt a lot of work still to be done, but it's an exciting time for the North. We're really excited about the prospects of, um, of more farming happening up here. But I think there's still a lot, a lot of work that's got to happen there, um, development approvals, um, etc. Um, still have to work on, on potentially getting, getting water, and, um, and it always frightens me a little bit when they talk about these huge pro- projects. Um, really important to start small and work, work, and scale up um, slowly, um, so that the mistakes that are made are affordable and then with that with that in-house knowledge um, you can then build a build a large scale from there. And 
the successful proponents, AAM, obviously have a, a station just um, outside of Kananara at Lejeune. That they've said in a, a statement that they're interested in a number of crops over on um, the other side of the border. I mean, what sort of crops do you see um, being able to thrive in that environment? Because as you mentioned, there is no water, so you can only presume initially there'd be dry land cropping. Yeah, again, we'll just have to see how much water is available. One of the one of the hardest things about farming in the order has always been which crop to grow. The the opportunities are endless. You know, sesame is a huge opportunity, and and uh, you know it's been grown really successfully in northern Australia. Again, um, safflower for industrial oil. You know, chia was something that we're really involved with. That, that I think is extremely exciting. This the, the cotton is a is a plant that's really well suited to to the the environment up here. Um, the list goes on and on. It's really the hardest thing is to to try and have a have a base crop and and focus on on one thing um, and try and do that well. If they they want to want to learn from some of the lessons that that we've uh, learned here and some of the crops that we've grown them. I'll say it again, we're very, very happy to to share what we've learned. That's Ord farmer Fritz Bolton speaking to Courtney Fowler in Kununurra. As I mentioned earlier, our text line is down today, unfortunately. So to get in contact with the program, you need to give us a call, 1300-057-222. If you'd like to learn more about Ord Stage 3, And the announcement regarding AAM Investment Group, we've got a story up on our website right now. If you go searching for NT Country Hour, some comments coming through via Twitter. Environs Kimberley writes, atrocious destruction of world's most intact tropical savannah and major degradation of the Keep River is likely Northern Australia under the bulldozer big time, says Environs Kimberley. And David Connolly, the president of the NT Cattlemen's Association, writes, this is good news for the NT and for Northern Australian investment. Congratulations to AAM Investment Group for the courage and the foresight now for the NT government to get in behind them and support the development and stand firm on their decisions and processes, writes David Connolly from the NT Cattlemen's Association. As I said, if you'd like to learn more about Ord Stage 3 and what's just been announced, head along to our website. Just type in NT Country Hour and there it is.